0: Hello, guys. You're so welcome here today to this podcast, which deals with all things in relation to narcissistic abuse, understanding it and surviving it and actually going on to thrive.
1: Uh, Hello, everyone. It's uh, Nart Khan and Trace Face here to do your uh, Narcissist in the Workplace series. The very first one we're doing today is uh, narcissistic bosses and uh, what is going on with them in the workplace And uh, that's the first thing we need to talk about because it is just one of the most, I don't even, I don't even know the word to use, annoying, uh, difficult. Uh, These people are in charge of your paycheck. And when you have a narcissist for a boss, it's just overwhelmingly, uh, you know. You're going to go through a lot of different emotions, and then you have to try and figure out, do I stay at this place? Do I leave? What do I do? How do I handle a narcissistic boss? So Paul and I are going to get into this today for you guys. Uh, You know, when we think about, Paul and I were talking about this, it's like when we think about the whole concept of uh, a nine to five and when this all started, uh, you can, you, you know, not to get into too much history about this. But, you know, it started with Henry Ford and then, you know, people were working nine to five jobs and this, before that in manufacturing uh, and, you know, um, any type of agric- uh, uh <laughs> it's early over here Agri- <laughs> Paul, <laughs> and Paul and I had quite the, quite the morning trying to go live. Um, sorry guys, <laughs> I'm trying to get this together too, but back in the day when, you uh, People were working like 10, 12 hours, and we're still seeing this go on to this day. And it's not normal. okay? it's just not normal. It's it's uh, people are are waking up and recognizing this. I know that during the pandemic in particular, a lot of people were recognizing I don't even like what I do. Uh, They were they were forced to stay home from work. A lot of companies had no other choice but then to let you work from home. And uh, people were realizing, wow, you know, this this makes more sense. This, you know, I can, I can have more of a balanced work life, home life, all this together. And, um, but then we saw a lot of companies really get even crazier and start micromanaging people from their homes and, and doing all this kind of stuff where they've got programs to see if you're on other windows. And, uh, you know, so we, we're seeing this kind of a thing and we're going to get into this in this video, we know that micromanagement does not work. It doesn't work. Uh, I was a boss for many years. That does not get people to be more productive, <laughs> you know, and, but um, well, Paula, maybe you could get into, I have, uh, I'm going to get back to the window, what we originally had here. Um, maybe s- start us off by telling us the traits of one, the traits of, of how you know that you have this narcissistic person as your boss. <laughs> yeah. For sure, Tracy. Um,
0: I think first of all, they they just follow the same pattern as narcissists in intimate relationships. They, you know, they'll take you in. They will bring you into the work situation, and they'll make you a lot of promises, a bit of future faking about you know what what the job is going to do for you if you work really hard and what you can expect. So they'll get your expectations up, and they'll also. I find that they do often kind of get into your personal life a little bit maybe inappropriately so they they try and kind of establish this this bond with you friendship bond that's more than work sometimes not always but what i found in my working life um in relation to bosses there seems to be two type of styles of managing people and one style is where you are really kind of really good with people in that you you encourage them to use their own initiative. You, you give praise where praise is due and constructive criticism is, is kind of managed in a, in a way that inspires a person to improve rather than, you know, the, it's more the carrot rather than the stick kind of style of management. And it brings people, it, it gets people to use their initiative. It, it leaves you feeling fulfilled. You feel you're seen and you feel you're valued. And people usually will contribute more in that kind of an environment. And then there's the other style of boss who I would call the negative boss. Um, and I find that these type of bosses are usually more narcissistic because the, the boss that's kind of encouraging you to do your work and you know, use your initiative is the one that will kind of build a good team around you. And there's a good atmosphere in work and people actually like coming to work but the boss that uses the stick to control people, which we're familiar with, what's not, what is what narcissists will do, um, will kind of tell you that you're not good enough, um, will, will pitch you against other people, triangulate you, even if it's not true, you know, and say, well, this other manager is doing a lot better and you need to up your game. They will rarely praise you and they will also get you to do more than your what your your level your pay level is at they'll get you to do their work on top of your own and they'll keep pushing those boundaries out again like what narcissists will do in intimate relationships Mm -hmm. you find just as you said earlier trace you know when you when you find that you're working longer hours you're doing more than you should be doing and you're not getting credit for it so this credit yeah this credit will be taken you know, to the next level, to their boss, and the work will be presented as their own, and they will tend to steal people's ideas. So.
1: Yeah. yeah, they do. They steal your ideas. Uh, they also have no boundaries. So you're going to find that they're texting you, calling you all hours of the night, morning, when uh, days that you're not working. They'll bother you specifically when you're on a vacation just to ruin your vacation because you're on vacation and they have to be working. I've seen this happen time and time again. <clears throat> and it, it'll be for, for stupid things that they just want to just disrupt you in your life. They want to know if they have control over you at all times at, at, at any time that they want, you're their little puppet. They're notorious, as you said, for dumping their job onto you and expecting you to do it. Um, they'll keep you out of board meetings. If you're working for them, so that you can't uh, tell the the board members what you're doing and what you're working on because they're taking credit for your work, <laughs> right? And uh, and we see this and and um, another thing that we you and I talked about is how they're going to they're going to make sure that they catch you in the hallway and tell you something, or that they um, they call you on the phone. They don't want anything documented because they they're always up to something. Okay. So you're going to notice this, you guys, that this is what they do. They, they, uh, and this is why we're about to tell you how, you know, how to, uh, overcome this and what you need to do when you have somebody doing these types of things. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of the traits. And then I was going to get into a little bit, some of the things, because obviously the first time you're meeting this person is particularly most likely going to be on your first interview. Okay. Unless it's, uh, You know, sometimes the structure within a company can be different, but nine times out of 10, the person you would be working for is going to want to be the one that interviews you. So some things I noticed, I don't know about you, Paula, but some of the things I noticed, now I look back at the narcissists I work for, uh, how they were in an interview. Um, You might hear them start to say things about their own staff to you in the interview, Um, especially if you were coming in as a management position to work underneath them. But sometimes they just can't help it anyways. And they're going to talk smack about the people that they're working around. They're going to say things like, well, you know, um, there's we got to clean up this place and this person's a this and that person doesn't do that. And uh, or you'll even see them rolling their eyes like somebody would come in the interview and like, you know, they leave and they're going like this. These are red flags, you guys. Okay, so if if they're if they're talking about people that they're working around every day or that work for them or maybe that they even work for and they're telling you right away that they're this, that, the other thing, red flag. Um, The interview, guys, you want to make sure on on an interview uh, to try to prevent working for these people. You're going to want to have you're going to want to ask a lot of questions when it's time for you to ask questions at the end. And you're going to want to ask certain questions like, uh, how long do you think uh, the training will last for? Who will train me? Uh, how, what's your management style? What do you expect out of your employees? These types of questions are going to engage them so that you can understand how they think. And um, you can sort of catch you know, any, any type of uh, negativity, as you're saying, because they are negative people. They're they're incredibly negative people, but of course, in the beginning, they're gonna put on the show, right? Paula, they put on a show.
0: (laughs) And Trace as well, if you ask them, you know, you ask them those type of questions, like what's the management style or what do you expect? If you kind of take over the control of the interview, they're not gonna like that at all. So it that's absolutely right. That's a great diagnosis tool or diagnostic tool to know how they react to that question. Because if they're normal and they're going to be a great boss, they're not going to have a problem with
1: us being. Exactly. Yeah. And and also <clears throat> they, they might give you very frank answers because they're not going to get into that with you because the whole thing is surprise, you know, once you're like two weeks into it, you realize who you're working for. So they're, they're not going to, they're not even going to want to get into that with you. They're going to give you very frank or like very, um, you know, very quick, uh, answers to something like that. Right. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, if they have nothing to hide and they're genuine, they're going to actually be honest even and say, you know, well, we, we actually haven't got that in place yet, but you know, it's something we're hoping to do and they'll go into it and they'll be upfront. Yes. Narcissists aren't upfront. We know that. So it's Narc-
1: a- yeah. Narcissistic bosses, uh, are, are, you're going to see, you might even ask, like, have you structurally uh, organized? Have you, uh, done anything different with organizing uh, the company with structure, adding positions, changing positions, like when's the last time you've done that? They're always doing this, you guys. Narcissistic bosses are continuously like, they're going to do this now, two months later, nope, now we're going to add this position, now we're going to change this person over to here, there, the next place, oh, nope, now I'm going to have you go down today and work out of this office, it's constant because they don't have it together. They're they're the most dis... Am I right? They're the most disorganized people you're ever going to work for in your life. And you're going to see this disarray all around the office.
0: Yeah, disorganized, yeah, or lazy. Um, Some of them can be incredibly organized because they need to control the scenario. But um, oftentimes they will just slither or slide by, you know, in the workplace because they get everyone else to do the work for them. So there's always they don't, they don't actually do the work. They're lazy. So it does look like they have no organization, but they have, they're manipulating and they know kind of, they know the general, I find they know the general kind of thing of what's going on because they have everybody doing their job for them. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah.
1: 100%. And you're going to see this. Well, what do you think, Paula, are some of the ways that, uh, You can manage this when you're, when you know now, okay, you know, the jig is up, the mask is off. This person is starting to make my life miserable. I know what they are, I know what they're doing. Uh, Also, oh, we didn't even get into you're going to see to sort of know that you have these people around you. You're going to see a lot of, they love to pit people against one another. They are constantly talking about people when they're not present in the room they they'll 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 make you think that you know you're their friend and they're going to tell you about somebody's work performance or how they're not doing good and they might even be in another department or or maybe they you have to work with this person and it's like they want to make you feel like you're in on it but but, mark our words they're going to do the same thing that they're doing with 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 that person to you when you're not present in the room they're notorious for this they love to pit people against one another they love to have people do their bidding they'll tell you to lie on 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 recordings like they'll they'll, they'll tell you to do all kinds of things uh to to save them save face for them but how now do you think Paula is how do you manage this once you realize okay this is this is definitely going on I'm, i i other people in here are miserable. It's a it's a toxic work environment, you know, otherwise known as, as what people call it, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. they narcissists and narcissistic bosses have the most control when they have uh, divided to conquer, I think. So just what you're saying there, Trace, is totally on point. Um, and they will isolate you when they're saying something. Bad to you, something negative, so that there is no evidence that they've done this. It's kind of a covert bullying, I think, um, in the way that they go on. From what I've seen in the workplace, a narcissistic boss really loves someone who just does everything they want without question, lets them steal their ideas, lets them, you know, makes them work overtime, says, yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, sir, or yes, ma'am no, sir, or whatever. You just, they're the type of people, and I suppose we describe those type of people and like we've all been at some stage, maybe kind of a bit doormatish. You just, you, you lose your identity and you become a tool of the narcissist. People that come in worst, I think, for, you know, with narcissists are usually people who do have imagination, who kind of have a sense of justice and who aren't just going to totally kowtow to, the narcissist, particularly when the narcissist asks them to break the rules or break the law. Um, and those people are usually the people, the, the people of integrity and the people who will stand up to an individual like that are the ones that get targeted by the narcissistic boss more so. So I think you were, you were saying there, Trace, like, what do we do
1: about this? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, because I think at one point, everybody's going to get to a place that they have to make a decision do I stay and and how do I manage this uh, that I've got this narcissistic person over me? That's, you know, I, because, you know, it's going to, at some point, it's going to come to an end, either whoever they're working for is going to finally catch on and get rid of them and realize that they are the cancer that's spreading around the entire place, or they're going to, uh, it, you're going to get to a point that you can't take it anymore and you have to leave. Um. Now, I have seen before, I have actually seen before where sometimes if you can establish your boundaries very clearly in the beginning, they can sometimes back off. Uh, but like you were saying, Paula, it's, it's very rare. It's hard to do. But there's, there's been times I've seen that happen where they're like, oh, I'm not going to get away with what I usually do with this one. Like this, this one's not tolerating any, any of this. And I think this is where it comes in, that you know, documenting documenting things. If they catch you, if they get you in the hallway and they say, hey, hey, Paula, I need you to do this, 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 that, and the other thing. And you're like, okay, well, um, I've got all these other things that you asked me to do today. You go, you want to go back to your office and hit them with an email and say, just so I'm clear, you know, so it doesn't look like you're, you're, you're documenting this, but sometimes they're going to catch on that you are. And sometimes they know, oh, oh crap, this person's smart they're documenting everything. Um, and you want to repeat what they just said to you. You just caught me in the hallway and said you wanted me to do ABCDEFG, but I already had uh, all the other things you asked me to get done. What would, how do you want me to prioritize this? And then see, this catches them off guard. And, um, and yeah, a lot of times if they're really, really hateful people, they are going to make your life miserable when you start doing this and they're going to start targeting you. They're going to start doing, uh, uh, sitting you down every 30 days to tell you what everything that you're doing wrong. And we, I mean, and then, you know, what they're doing, you know exactly what they're up to. Right. And I think you got to, it gets to a point, like we're saying, you got to get, you have to figure out what am I going to do here? Um, I know, uh, what what, what did we have here in our notes? Um I know you and I were talking about like a lot of times they're also going to you can tell talk about the when they enforce the flying monkeys on you too. They're gonna they're gonna do this, you know, they're gonna get people in the office to get her to gather around, right? Paula and they and they they find don't they find people that are just like them to try to work? Or they find doormat.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think that they can identify very quickly who's going to be like no trouble and the doormat type of, of employee or like an employee who just needs to survive, who is aware. This is what we were coming to, like in relation to how to handle a narcissistic boss. Okay, so you're in a work environment and you're trying to decide how to handle. You've recognized that this boss is really difficult to work for and is giving you a really hard time. So I guess the first thing you, you need to do is decide how badly do I need this job? How badly do I need it? What type of work is it? Is this something that's going to be essential for me? Because you are going to suffer mentally and you're going to suffer stress no matter how you handle it. So talking about surviving it, if you need to survive it and minimizing the impact on you, I think would probably be the next thing we could talk about. Is that okay with you, Trace? Yeah, Absolutely. OK, so what you said about documenting and I love the way I've actually done that in jobs, what you've said, you know, when a boss is giving you too many things to do. So how do you appropriate appropriately address that? And you've said you go back and you send the email saying just to clarify that this is exact. You know, this is what you wanted me to do and this is what I'm doing. So then you have the documentation there. If you ever do need to bring a case against them or whatever, you know, you need evidence. Um. The other thing to do is, and you know, we were talking about this before we started in relation to a narcissistic boss will often get you to do the work and then they will steal your ideas and they will present it to their manager or whatever as their own in, an, in its entirety and will talk to you about it as if it's their idea. This is extremely soul destroying and frustrating. And when it actually happens to you, it's very hard to keep your emotions in check because your sense of injustice, you know, kind of really rises. And you've been dealing with this obnoxious individual and then they go and try and strip your identity from you in the workplace. So the way to handle that, if you need to manage, and I know we discussed this and we were kind of laughing about it, um, but it's far from funny, but we were saying the narcissistic boss steals your idea. You let them steal your idea. And then you praise them for the idea as if it was their own idea. And that's the way you manage to not come under fire and be able to stay in a workplace that's toxic like that until you and manage to extricate
1: yourself from it. Mm -hmm. That would be one strategy. Yep. It's almost like you have to pretend if you want to survive and you like your job and it's just this person that's in the way, it's almost like you have to pretend the name of the game to, for it to work for them, not to target you is you have to pretend that you don't know that your boss is a narcissist. I mean, that's literally what you have to do. Yeah. You, you can't go
0: talking about it to other colleagues as much as you would like to, because you just do not know how, who to trust. And that will often get back to the narcissist and you will be targeted. You will be isolated in that environment. And they kind of use you as a punching bag in relation to getting any of their issues out. It's listen, you know, I, I've talked to a relative who's actually going through this at the moment and he, he needs to stay in the job that he's in. He's doing double his workload above his pay grade. He's not going to rec- recognize for it and they're stealing his ideas. So what he's doing at the moment is trying to look after his mental health in other areas um, and bolster his self-esteem because it really takes a knock and it can get you down. So you can actually become quite depressed because it's your daily life. Like it's so much of your life, your work life. Yeah. You're awful. It's like being in a really bad relationship and you don't want to go to work.
1: Yes. I have also found, uh, I remember, I remember uh, some of the awful toxic environments I used to work around and I, for myself, uh, My self-esteem was getting stripped from me left and right. You find a lot of times people not only have the narcissistic boss, but they're coming home to a narcissistic partner or they have the narcissist friends in their life. You know, at one point, I think I've talked about this in my videos. At one point, my life was literally surrounded by these people. And it gets to the point, you guys, that you're going to know because I, I actually watched a colleague of mine. I watched a, uh, a coworker of mine that now has become a colleague. You know, we we've kept in touch through the years and I watched this guy through the years through the 10 years he worked there. He developed a stutter and a stammer, both of them from just working under this kind of environment where you're not praised for anything you do. Everything that you do is wrong. Uh, you know, it was the worst management I've ever seen in my life and the manager's were, uh, we living in another state and trying to manage the manager. We had the director we had in the office. It was the most disorganized, horrific, you know, environment, uh, in terms of like, yeah, you, you know, everything was backwards. <laughs> what's right was wrong. What's wrong was right. And the people that were actually doing the work never got any praise for it. Uh, and they knew who, who the person to call, uh, if, if, Crap hit the fan. They knew. Okay, I, I'm gonna. I can call. I can call uh, John over here. I can call Tracy, and they're they're gonna. They'll they'll do it. They'll stop everything they're doing and come over here and help. Um, it's it's just. I I saw that. I saw how how it really affects a person to the point where like you can't even go into a meeting without shaking when it's your time to talk. I mean, this is what can happen to like really strong people in the end when you work for people like this, right?
0: Yeah, a strong person is the exact um, the exact opposite of what a narcissist wants or who a narcissist wants working for them. And it, you know, to get you removed from the company to get you out of the workplace, they will often really, really blame shift. This is a I find this one is one of their big tactics uh, to get people out. So even though it would would be their pay grade to look after something or be responsible for something, They will throw you under the bus um, in relation to when something goes wrong and you will come in for, you'll actually be sacked and you'll have done nothing wrong. So it's so important to keep the documentation, um, the times when things happen and write the emails like we said earlier. And then maybe you have something tangible to go to upper management with and you have some chance of being able to stand up for yourself if you, as I say, if you have to stay in that particular work environment because yep. it is so destroying. And often times, narcissists hunt in packs, as I'm sure you've said on your channel. And you may find you've a narcissist at work, a narcissist in your home, and a narcissistic relationship all going on at the same time. And yeah. yeah. And I've had that experience. And coming out of it is you're really, really saving your life coming out of it because they're at you at all sides.
1: Yes, they are. And you guys got to be really careful too. Uh, I've watched this happen to people thinking, oh, I have a safe place to call HR and tell them what's going on around here. Uh, Oftentimes the narcissist is in bed with HR. Okay. (laughs) Like, like you think that, you know, what's that, Paul? Literally. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they, they do crooked things like this to ensure that nobody's ever going to go around them and, 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 and out them for the things that they're really doing or not doing, I should say, you know, they're, they're not doing, uh, there was a, (laughs) there was a narcissist boss, uh, that I worked for, for, for a time. And, uh, somebody that we know had actually stayed with them for, for a little while. And they said, do you know that they literally do nothing because they were working from home and um, this person was staying with them. And they were like, they don't lift a finger and, and do anything. Like they're, they do nothing all day. I said, I know, who do you think was running around doing their job for them? Uh-huh. <laughs> you, know? uh, you can't, I mean, I, you can't even imagine uh, the stories I have from all the years of this and just how it works. Yeah. So they, they are, they, they're going to, if you think you have a safe place to go and talk about what's really happening, you got to think twice about that. Because oftentimes I actually watched at this company, uh, one of my employees call HR on how, how poorly everything was where uh, we were, which she, which she was absolutely right. And it, and it was wrong of how they went about firing her because it was just so many unethical, unethical things going on. And I watched, her leave after she called and I was in the room with her and uh you know the HR didn't know I was sitting in the room I forget how this went but I just remember her calling back my director and laughing on the phone about it like right there in front of me. I watched the whole thing go down and it was just like you know that's awful like that's supposed to be somebody's like exit interview uh it's it's illegal actually they don't care and and you'll find this too with a lot of these uh Agencies that don't have the structure downright of like there should be a, an HR that's not involved in your office, they're not in bed together. Uh, you'll see a lot of this with religious organizations, religious uh, nonprofits that you know that you're going to go through the bishop and the monsignor, and it's and it's like you know, there's no HR, like it's it's like you know, it's it's ridiculous. And we were talking to Paula, huh, about the communal. How, how these communal narcs take these positions off the get-go, right?
0: Yeah, and um, we were saying, like, that they they kind of hide in costume. So what you perceive, like, they can be in the church, they can be on YouTube. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, they can, yeah, they, they get into a position of responsibility and they look like they're doing good stuff and you expect that from the position that they're in. But they specifically go there because it's like it's a mask it's like putting you know they don't have to put on their invisible mask they put on the clothing of the mask or whatever the role they hide behind roles and what you expect from that role isn't what's actually going on so they're able to operate in disguise yeah Yeah.
1: it's really disturbing and disgusting because oftentimes they're going to find jobs and they're going to pick populations that are very vulnerable so that they can look like the hero. They're they're such a nice person doing all these nice things for people.
0: Yeah. And I know I was telling you about a recent experience I had there and it's so disappointing when you, you know, when you look up to someone and they are in that role and you know, sometimes they can actually be helping people as well and genuinely. So without without kind of giving too much information away, because this, this happened in our community and I don't want to do anything to destroy this community. I mean, we have narcissists on YouTube and they're declaring that they're narcissists and they're helping, you know, empathic people, normal people to recover from narcissistic abuse. And in a way, I have to say that... I admire them for being honest about who they are. At least they're kind of upfront about it. Yeah. You also have people who are genuinely helping people, but you don't realize the person behind the mask because they're presenting themselves as a good person and being all for us in the community. And it's not the case. Um, So, yeah, so I was telling you before we came on, Trace, that I... I had this, I did this content about nine months ago and I like to use um, analogies in, in my YouTube videos as ways of explaining things. I find them great way to explain things and people really get the point with it. Yeah. I had This, what I thought was quite a unique, unusual analogy. And I still think it is, it was about shoes and it was about when the narcissist, you know, people would say to me in coaching, like the narcissist, how can they just walk away and so easily forget you? And I thought that that would be a good topic to do a video on. And do they forget you? They wanted to know. So I thought long and hard about it. And I came up with a shoe analogy and shoes in boxes and that the narcissist always will will remember that they have those shoes, but they've kind of put them in their wardrobe and shelved them. So I don't look at videos now on YouTube on narcissists because I kind of feel like I know everything. And I'm sure you same like what else is there to know we've been yeah. here and you know our clients are telling us all this information so so this is about copying an idea so i just happened to be in the car driving with remy and i just saw this interesting title of a hero of mine who's on youtube who really helped me initially and i pressed the play button and lo and behold he started to in and halfway through the video started talking about Shoe analogy in the exact same context of my video. And I couldn't believe it. I really was gobsmacked. And he actually said, um, it's a good analogy, but he never gave credit. He kind of took it as his own and he got loads of praise about the analogy. So that's what a narcissist will do, or it's narcissistic anyway. Um, if you can't diagnose anyone to actually steal another person's idea and yeah. have the entitlement to do that. And yeah. then I did leave a comment just saying, hi, you know, I'd love to talk to you about this. Did you watch my video by any chance? That was deleted immediately. <laughs> oh, so there wasn't any accountability there. Um <laughs> you know, when we are saying, you know, we're 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 kind of on here and we're talking to our community about what to do and how to do it my God, when it, when it happens to you again, when it's, it's fresh and it actually happens to you and you know that it, you know, you know, because now you can see the person behind the mask and yep. even though they're helping and you I still admire their, the fact that they're helping. I now know personally, no one else does, unless there's anyone here that can identify who it is and you,
1: yep. that, that, that's what that person did and that's who they are. You know, if you ever pay attention to narcissists, they're either going to be really over the top and dramatic in their facial expressions and their 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 mouth. You know, they gotta. Uh, they're always, uh, you know, it's like for they'll do think they'll do things and say things for shock value. Uh, their body language is all over the place. They cr- they look crazy, angry, right? Or or you got the ones that are just like like. <laughs> you know they're like right up in the in the thing and there's like no facial expressions and they don't really smile or laugh and it's just kind of like they're just kind of like you know robotic and I always now I really pay attention to this I really do pay attention to this and so for those of you that are under the hands of one of these people really start to pay attention to uh, who they are like their body language, their facial expressions, how they, how they present themselves. Uh, Do they have a personality, you know, of a fart or, (laughs) or do they have a personality that's like really over the top and you just don't, you don't, you're getting, you know, you guys might be getting a lot of information or, you know, you might even, as you were saying, Paula, you might even at first look like, really look up to your boss. I, I remember a few of them I did until all of a sudden I saw them go fly off the handle and start hollering at employees And I said to myself, anyone that can raise their voice, it's 2022 and start yelling at their employees like you cannot handle your job. You cannot handle yourself like you should not be in this position to manage people if you're screaming and hollering at them all day. Um, This stuff still goes on. and, And I mean, it's really hard to get representation if you wanted to fight this. Uh, I, I don't even know, it depends on what state, at least in the United States, it depends on what state you live in. If you were to record them, uh, you could either, you could get in trouble for recording them or, you know, you could use that in a, against them in a court of law, but, um, it's, it's downright. Oh, go ahead, Paula.
0: Yeah. Um, and sometimes you have to, you have to make a decision about how much you want to fight or how much you want to expose a person um, and the consequences of that to yourself. Yeah. I think, um, it's something to think about because it's going to be very stressful and you're going to come in for a lot of flack doing us. Um, I suppose you could say it's like a whistleblower. Maybe if you want to, to do that, to take that on, sometimes we need to, I think for our own self, our conscience and our self preservation as our belief in who we are. So we need to fight.
1: Yeah.
0: We need to do it from a very cold perspective. I think Uh, we need to put our emotions to the side with this because remember when you're fighting a narcissist, that's what they will use to destabilize you.
1: One hundred percent. You're going to notice that it's it's time to really start thinking about this when you you're starting to go into work and you're feeling completely unmotivated. And this might be a job that you initially took on because you really cared about the job. You really cared about the work you were doing. Right. And all of a sudden, you, you know, that's being stripped away from you. And and the narcs know that you care about the work that you do. They use this against you as a weapon almost, you know, and you're going to find you. You don't feel motivated to even go in there anymore. I mean, the the last uh, senior management position I had, I remember pulling into like the driveway and my stomach would just start to turn and I'd sit in the car and just be like, I can't do this. I can't, I can't do another day in here. You know, it gets to that point, right? And you're, you're not
0: sleeping. You're going over scenarios in your head and the injustice of it. And at some point you have to lay that down and decide whether, you know, how you go forward with us. And if you're going to fight, you need, uh, you need a lot of support. You need to be really looking after yourself because it's a big toll on your mental health. But if none of us stand up and fight, then these creatures, what I call them sometimes because there's a lot of evil, they do a lot of evil stuff to a lot of people and they destroy people if we don't hold people accountable, um, not that we're like perfect or anything, we're kind of saying, "Oh yeah, but, um, yo, know, these all the, these bad people out here, and that we're great." But but if we don't try to be good and try to have our society as a place where our children are going to grow up and have some kind of moral values, these yep. people who are just looking out for themselves, all they want is gain, and the ones that sh- The bosses that pretend like that they're, you know, something that they're not and that they're, they're doing this for the the sake of the company or the team or or the people. And then in private will isolate you and get you on your own and put you through hell. Mm -hmm. And the torture sometimes I think, Trace, have you found this is, and people will say to me, um, no one else knows this is going on. And am I being crazy thinking that this is actually, you know, happening I think that they did this on purpose. Say, even left the door open, and and see if I say that to someone, they'll think, "Oh dear, you know, Paula's something wrong." You know, she's it stress maybe, <laughs> but in actual fact, the narcissist has done that on purpose, for, and only you will know that they've done that. You know, it's yeah. and that's mental torture.
1: Yes, yes. This last person I worked for, uh, and I and I, I mean. I think for anyone that's watching my channel for a long time, you remember the day I walked out of there and I was laughing all the way home. I was laughing, I was giggling, thinking about them scrambling because he never paid attention to anything I was doing. He didn't know where I kept things. He didn't know uh, where things were recorded. He didn't know how to use the programs, nothing. And I was like, you know, this is what he gets. This is exactly what he's going to get after the two years he put me through pure hell and torture. He successfully got nine women. Okay, to leave nine women, either he fi- he fired them or they left on their own. And this was in in the in the two years I was there. He did so much damage, and uh, uh you know, <laughs> mm. the person above him was so behind him. See, narcissists have to stand by their narcissism. I hired this person, so therefore I have to be right. Because I made a great decision when I hired him. So it's got to be all of you. I mean, how can you, how can you successfully sit up in your chair and think to yourself, wow, nine people have left, like, like they must all really stink. (laughs) You know what I mean? And he, he did his damage. He did his damage. I believe in three years. He was, I, I found out a year later, he left. They probably all figured out you know, by then it was way too late. And the, and the, the organization went poof, like there's like nobody left there, like their entire, uh, they had an entire counseling section, sector of the company done. It, it, it just, everything he successfully destroyed that, that place in the three years he was there to, to nothing, you know, to ashes. Um, and that's what they do. Yeah. And then when the damage is done, they jump, they hop to the next job, you know? And I remember, I remember I saw his how did this go? I saw his, uh, I saw his, basically his resume on LinkedIn, you know, because it had all the places he had worked when I first initially went to go into that interview. And I said, Hmm, wow, he's kind of a job jumper. He didn't stay at jobs for, for many, for very long. And I thought to myself, now that doesn't always mean that somebody's a narc, but with him, it certainly did. I mean, he, it showed that he can't commit now we know exactly what he did i found out that the place he worked before uh before he was there with me uh they called him the, his nickname was the white devil i don't know why they called him that i think i think primarily uh th- it was a city um in connecticut and uh i think a lot the majority of the employees were black i think that's why they called him the white devil but um you know to to call somebody a devil uh, you know, you know, that they, they, he put, he, this is what they do. They're going to put people through hell. They enjoy it. You know, this guy in particular, he would go home to his family and I saw him be like the, the top notch father to the, to his kids and to the wife. And, you know, I don't know if he secretly would abuse her and, and use her as a punching bag, who knows, but, uh, you, you know, you would have thought this person had it all together until, we realized what we were dealing with. I mean, he was that covert.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of them will take their frustrations out in the workplace and then will be, you know, great at home. And then the opposite yeah. of them, they'll, they will, uh, they'll take it out at home. You know, they'd be perfect in the workplace or come across as, you know, quiet and happy and all this, and they'll take it out on their spouse at home. Um, yeah actually the a few people a few subscribers wrote in to me and one of the letters is just coming to mind now it was this lady and she'd moved to a new place a new country and she was really looking forward to a new job it was everything she'd hoped and dreamed for and she said that this person who had been in the company 30 years used to walk up now I heard your video about the um the person who came up behind someone and was farting on them oh my god and just unbelievable oh
1: by the way guys that are watching this she got fired last week everyone she got fired for farting in the office (laughs) but i I said it the other day on the video in the beginning before it got cut off because my friend called me and it it cut the beginning of the video off but i did tell people but it didn't come through in, in the recording but anyway i thought i would share that guys the farter is gone. <laughs> but go ahead, Paula, you were saying. Because, I mean,
0: I suppose there's nothing written in the HR rules about, about that. You know, it'd be quite unusual. Um, farting being a, a reason to give a verbal warning. But anyway, um, yeah, so I, I was in fits. A terrible, terrible for someone to have to go through that. But um, I was really, it, it was quite humorous. Um, so, yeah, th- this person had the same thing without minus the farts, as far as I know, she didn't say it in the letter. But this guy who'd been in the company for 30 years would walk up and down behind her workstation, you know, continually and just stop quietly behind her and then move on again. So only she knew about it, but he did other things as well. But that was, you know, she did report it as being a bit unnerving. Nothing was yeah. done about it. So she guessed, well, he's been here 30 years. I'm just new. And she decided to leave, even though it was her dream job. Um, yeah.
1: This is this is what I mean. And I, I I'm convinced because we're gonna do we're gonna do more on the series. We're gonna talk about what to do when you have them in, in the workplace as your co-workers, and how we're gonna get into like your co-workers are not your friends, guys. Okay, we're gonna get into that in the neck in the next one. But yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I'm convinced no matter where you go, I mean look at all the different industries I've worked in. The last three, I'm sorry, the last three restaurants I had, I had a waitress at, I had, I was a server at, uh, there was a bunch of them there. There was a bunch of them in the office place. I mean, I've had a lot of different jobs. I've worked for a lot of different people in my lifetime and looking back, there's you're gonna, there's gonna be one. <laughs> and usually if there's one, there's more. And you're gonna have to know how to navigate through this and decide for yourself like, is it time for me to, to do my own thing? Is it time for me to branch out on my is it time for me to start looking at my own skills and see maybe what I could do uh so that I don't have to keep going through this, you know, and um you're gonna still find you'll still find some good managers out there that are fair and that are good. Uh, that actually do training on how to manage are keeping up with that, realizing micromanagement does not work. It's, you know, that actually is going to make people so much more unmotivated when you have a a, a boss that wants to know every time that you do fart, you know? (laughs) Um, (laughs) What are you you doing? How come you were in the bathroom for 10 minutes? It's like, um, do you really want to (laughs) know? you really want to know that I, i'll tell you um it involves uh the m- on my monthly cycle would you like to hear about it uh- <laughs> no but you know I mean, these people they'll go they'll go to the lengths to make you feel uncomfortable and once they know that you are starting to feel uncomfortable like you said you're starting to catch on to what they are they enjoy this the real evil ones truly enjoy it i know Big time. And if they
0: can get you on your own and if they can get you to cry, that is like excellent, like honey drips on their tongue. They, yep.
1: It's awful. <laughs> it's unbelievable. But that's what they get off on. They feel empowered by that. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I, I spent way too many of those days crying. Hey, it's hard. You then you are sitting there going, "What do I really want to do?" It starts to really. I believe these people come into our lives again, it just as a, an intimate relationship to make you grow, because you're going to start to have those hard conversations with yourself. Do I really want to be in this industry? Do I even like what I'm doing? What is it about it I still like? Maybe I could start, you know, interviewing other places. And you know, this is what I I'm I'm going to give you guys the advice too, because uh, for many of you that don't know, I also was a recruiter for almost 14 years helping people find jobs. So always, in my humble opinion, go on interviews, always. Even if you really love your job and somebody happens to contact you on, on LinkedIn and says, hey, I see that you've had this experience. Would you come? This is how you're going to stay relevant. And this is how you're going to know, like, if something, if, if crap were to hit the fan tomorrow at my company and say, my, my boss I really love left and this new clown comes on in. At least I you're you're networking, you're 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 constantly getting more connections in your life, right? So because these people could be resources for you uh that you never know that one day, you know, you guys are working together or you're starting a business together, right? I mean Tracy, you never know.
0: That's a that's a fantastic point to make the if you have to stay to to manage your narcissistic boss, you know, by using some of the techniques that we said, and then to 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 look at the upside of it, I was actually reading in a book there uh, this morning. Now, I can't quote it per se, but I think it's a quote by Milton, um, one of those poets. And he said something like, the mind is a place that can make um, heaven of hell or make hell into heaven. So, you know, there's going to be something you can gain. And you've just said it there. We can really, you know, introspect with this experience and say, well, that's not good enough for me. And this is what I want to do. And then whatever experience you're getting there, that experience can shape the trajectory going forward. And you can really, if you use it to your advantage, instead of victim, you know, becoming the victim, even though you are a victim, become the the hero of the situation for yourself and use yeah. the experience as a, as a chance to grow and turn it around, turn it on its head, you know, make it, get, get, make it a challenge and, Grow from us and bring that experience into
1: the next good job that you'll be in. One hundred percent. I always say too, if you have an opportunity at your job to go to these networking events that a lot of times the 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 uh, your bosses will have you go to, and go to those, even if they're uncomfortable and you don't know anybody, go to the uh go to the uh you know uh, convention centers when they have uh a hiring, they have the uh, what do you call it um, hiring fairs and right. things of this nature, go to those things, guys, go to any type of networking thing like that. Make friends with people. Yeah. Even if it's the bartender and no one's talking to you at the event, cause you don't know anyone just sit there and make friends with, with someone or just jump in on someone's conversation. It's, it's hard when you're, an, you're, you're more introverted, but those are those connections I made in the years. Some of those people came to my wedding, you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, so you just, um, well, that was a joke, but, um, (laughs) but anyway, but, (laughs) you know, uh, these are the people that, uh, that can possibly help you, uh, or you could possibly help them in their lifetime. And it's a good exchange. I think it's, it's really like a numbers game. The more people, you know, uh, the more networking you can have and more options you can have in life. So you don't feel like, Oh, it's do or die. I either go to work and get my paycheck or I, you know, I, I can't survive.
0: Yeah. And one other thing I was just thinking about there, as you were saying that trace is that, you know, you know, we're looking at the positives and things, you know, a lot of people do see what the narcissist is doing. And sometimes you think, well, you're not getting recognized and the narcissist is taking credit and stuff. Some people do and they're they're keeping that at the back of their mind and they will, you know, stand up for you at some stage. So, yeah. So keep positive and make the most of the situation and network, like you said, and let people know the real you because there are still good people out there. It's not full of narcissists.
1: Yeah, it one hundred percent. That's exactly it. I know some people right now. They're like, "Wow, well, I got to get my pension, and I, I, I need a retirement." And and for some people, that works for them. They they want to go into a job and they don't want to take it home. They want to have their set hours, and and that makes sense. And and that, but you got to ask yourself, you know, do I have other skills and talents that I could I could think outside the box and use? Uh, let me let me let me. You guys could go on informational interviews with anyone. Literally. It, most people love to talk about themselves. You guys, they love to talk about themselves. So if you were to contact, you know, you say you were into fashion, like Chris was that was on my channel. He could contact people in fashion design and ask for an informational interview through via Zoom or the phone and just pick their brain apart. How did you get here? What what you know, this is how you guys can do things like this and 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 be in a job that you never even dreamed of by, by doing things like this and talking to people that, that actually have done it. So start to think outside the box and think to yourself, what what would make sense for me? This, this is not fulfilling me. I know I have more to myself than this, you know? Yeah. Well, I know we've certainly, uh, we've really, I think we've got into it with this one, Paula, what do you think? (laughs)